0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of you have come in here today to meet Jesus in this place? Amen. I want to take this opportunity to welcome each and every one of you to High Point Church. To our first time guest, we give you a very special and warm welcome. So delighted to have you with us here this morning. What a privilege it is to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? There was a subliminal message that you all didn't pick up on from Brother Jeffrey when he was up here telling us about MGM Studios. He was telling me, Pastor, if you don't want these young folks nodding off and going to sleep while you're preaching, you better get with the program. Now, you all didn't hear any of that, but I did. You better not get up there and fool around, or they'll be going. Right, Katie? Yeah, okay. She's my buddy. I knew I'd get an amen out of her. Amen. I invite your attention this morning to Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. How about if I dance before church is over, will y'all stay awake? Amen. amen. My wife's just over there about to faint. I can tell it. What is he going to do? It wouldn't be the first time I've embarrassed her while preaching, so don't, she, she, she understands. Colossians chapter 3. But let me ask you, would you dance in church? Now, I'm not talking about choreographed dancing like Dancing with the Stars. Y'all didn't think I knew about that, did you? Anyway, I'm talking about spontaneous, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, dance in church. Paul writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all, everybody say all, All. do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through Him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for this opportunity once again to stand before you and this congregation and minister here this morning for a few moments from your word. I ask you, Lord, to anoint these lips. Help me once again to become transparent before you as we look into your word this morning and minister to the hearts of those here today. Lord, as I know you've given me a word for someone here in this building this morning, I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth with the power, authority, and unction of the Holy Spirit, and we'll give you all the praise and thanks for it. It is in Jesus' name that we ask it today. And everyone said, amen. Now, before you sit down, I want you to look at someone close by you there and ask them, will you dance in church? Now, wait a minute. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet. I want to read something to you. 149th Psalm says, Praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song and His praise in the assembly of the saints. I'm not done. Let Israel rejoice in their Maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name with the dance. I didn't make that up. It's in there. See, right there. Let him praise him with the dance. Let them sing praises to him with the trembling heart, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the humble with salvation. Now you may be seated. Ask somebody once again, will you dance in church? My daughter-in-law, Cynthia, Terry's wife, most of you have met, spent a semester last year involved in doing a comprehensive and exhaustive study of the book of Acts through Liberty University. At the conclusion of this study, she made this observation that was nothing short of profound and astute, which was this. She looked at my son Terry and said, from a spiritual perspective, the church today looks nothing like the church in the book of Acts. To which I wholeheartedly have to agree. Amen. Now I submit to you the question of would you dance in church as a lead-in to the subject content of this morning's message. Which will be from the book of Acts chapter 3. You see it's important to take note at this early point in the history of the church the Jewish Christians were still going to temple and praying at the appointed times. Amen. With that being said, I want to pick up on the early church's activity just prior to 3 p.m. On the most miraculous day in one man's life that had ever been to that point, probably was thereafter. But before we do, let me inject a couple thoughts. You see, immediately after the Spirit's outpouring at Pentecost, it is stated, many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, I understand there's a couple arguments out there among among religiosity today and among the astute scholars of our day that say, well... That was good for that time, and, and all the signs and wonders were relevant then, but it's not necessary anymore because the church has been established. To that I beg to differ, because the name of Jesus is still the name of Jesus, and he said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks unto God and the Father through him. Amen. Amen. Now in our message for today is the account of the healing of a man who was lame from birth. A fact that was well known by everyone in and around Jerusalem of that day. You couldn't miss him. Now Peter attributed the healing to no unique human powers but to faith in the name of Jesus. Note how the invoking of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rings from the apostles' lips. And when you read and study the book of Acts, you'll notice that's very prevalent. The appeals to Jesus' name as the unmistakable Messiah or the Christ, the anointed flesh, if you will, who walked as a man among men of Nazareth, is an establishing of his person, his character, and his kingly office as the authoritative grounds for extending healing grace. And that healing grace is still for today. The use of another person's name, many of you already know this, but I'll share it with you just in case. The use of another person's name to declare legal rights is called the power of attorney. Amen. Now this is a privileged power that Jesus has delegated to us in confronting the retreating rule that sickness and Satan seeks to sustain over mankind. We, as the church of Jesus Christ, have authority through his name. Amen. Now, we have all, no doubt, at one time or another, heard the models of people who rise above life's difficulties to fulfill their dreams. Amen? Models such as, you know, I beat the odds, or never say die, or never surrender, or, you know, soar like an eagle. There's a sign in our one of our offices that says it's difficult to soar with eagles when all you do is work with turkeys. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what that has to do with this, but it just came to me. <laughs> and, of course, my favorite one is this. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Someone asked me, does it hurt when you run all the time? Yeah, it hurts. Sometimes my legs hurt. But the fact of the matter is, I was told one time that pain is weakness leaving the body. So I've got, I've got a lot of weakness to get rid of. Some, some to accomplish these feats went through sheer hard work and determination. For example, Booker T. Washington, who was born a slave, desired an education in spite of his family's desperate poverty. After much effort and study, he graduated from college, became the president of Tuskegee Institute, and is now considered to be the most influential spokesman for the black Americans of our day. Others overcame their disadvantages through creativity one man employed his imagination in solving a Goliath-sized problem when developers came in and they built on each side of his little uh... little, little store, discount store there they built this gleaming supermarket and a gigantic discount house, one on one side and one on the other now to most folks it would seem like he was doomed right? well he got his creative juices flowing he pulled together all of his savings and he went and he purchased a nice big red neon sign and put right over his front door stuck between these two behemoths. You know what the sign said? Main entrance here! <laughs> yeah, main entrance here! However, there are those times when no matter how much hard work, no matter how much creativity, the odds are simply unbeatable. Amen. That doesn't make you any less a person. It doesn't make you any less of an important individual. But the odds are just unbeatable. And such is the case in our subject content for today. Now, I'm going to introduce you to a man that was lame from his birth, an outcast who simply survives by begging. It's all he had to look forward to. Each and every desperate day of his life was just to survive. It's one of those circumstances that will take an act of God to heal him of his disadvantage. Amen. Chapter 2 of Acts concludes in triumph. Describing the heavenly ideal of people praising God and having and loving one another and just great things taking place. However, chapter 3 kind of brings everybody back to earth, opening with the image of this pitiful lame man begging for alms. By our calculation of time, it's approximately 3 p.m. And the Bible says this in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's 3 p.m. our time. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Now, from among those who would be attending this day's prayer service was these two up-and-rising, well-known leaders of a burgeoning religious movement, Peter and John. They were thrilled. They were excited. They were absolutely, at, it was going at its best. They were just cranked up about as tight as you could get cranked up. God was blessing. They had received the Holy Spirit. Peter had preached on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 plus had come into the church. My goodness, what was there to be disappointed about? Woo! Everybody was having a wonderful time. And in contrast to their newly found importance is an unknown paralytic man who sits with his hand outstretched, hoping, just hoping by chance, he might spark Pity in a passerby. And today, like every other day, he has been carried here by somebody. It doesn't tell us who. I'm going to assume his parents, perhaps. He's carried there and he sits by the gate, beautiful, the entrance into the portico into Solomon's porch at the temple. And there he sits, like he does every other day. And he's got his little tin cup out there. And he's sitting there with lifeless limbs from his waist down, somehow curled up, and he's begging for alms. That's his only motor survival. He won't get a paycheck come Friday. He won't go to his bank account online and look and see, oh yeah, they deposited my check. He won't get to the mailbox and open an envelope with a live check in it. This is all he has. All he can hope for, all he can dream for is that somebody will come by and show him a little pity. What a desperate way to live. What a desperate way to survive. There may have been times where he would have thought it would be easier if the Lord had just take my life and get me out of this mess. Now let's take a moment, if you will, in our minds and step back in time to this occasion and kind of put yourself in this filthy beggar's rags, if you will. It was a shame and a disgrace to be in this kind of situation. You were looked upon by society with disdain. They didn't like much getting around you. Things are a lot different today than they were back in this particular time in history. Here he sit, all curled up at this gate, just sitting there in lifeless limbs. And all he could do was bow his head as he noticed somebody coming up the walkway. He'd say, alms please, alms please. There was nothing for him to rejoice about. There was nothing for him to really get excited about. And of course, like so many of us do, there were those who would just kind of look straight ahead and not really look at him and kind of make their way into the temple as if they didn't see him. Oh boy, I hit where the rubber meets the road there, didn't I? That's our human nature, you know, most of the time. And he was just hoping that at some point... Somebody would come along and throw a little change in his cup and perhaps he could buy bread for the day. This day started out much like every other day, but little did he know that just moments up the narrow path and the narrow little road that led to the temple was a miracle coming his way like nothing he had ever seen or experienced in his lifetime. We don't know just how old this man was. We don't even know his name. We just know him by the lame man at the gate. Lifeless legs had been that way from birth. He never knew what it was to jump up and run and play with the boys up in the hillside of Jerusalem as they ran and jumped across the rocks and the hills. He never knew what it was like to go and play ball with the other kids around his neighborhood. All he could do was sit and perhaps watch at a distance and wonder what it was like to feel life in his limbs. To wonder what it was like to know that he could get up and do something on his own. He didn't have to wait on somebody to come by and wait on him and to serve him and come to the end of the day when he could no longer sit out and it was dark. Somebody would come along and scoop him up and... Taking back home and tomorrow he got to look forward to the same events again, day after day. He didn't know what it was like to jump and to leap and to do any of those things. He didn't know what it was like to walk. He didn't have any knowledge of what it meant to walk. He couldn't crawl. There was no life in his legs. But as long as he sat there that day, come two men who had just not many days prior had been empowered and given authority and the power of attorney to use a name that is above every other name. A name that will turn the tide and table of events like nothing you have ever known and seen before. This fellow has never known a healthy day. And once in a while, we have some good days and feel real good, and then we'll have a few that we don't feel quite so good. And there's some days I'll get out and run my eight miles, and boy, I'll just do it with the greatest of ease. And then there's other days that, whoo, I have to push hard. Alms, please. Alms. But today, Peter and John are making their way. What do you think would happen if they'd have stayed home from prayer meeting? Just a thought. Peter. Peter and John are making their way. as they were. If they weren't on them fishing boats, they were to be at prayer. That was the way it was for the Jewish people. If you weren't on a fishing boat, and that's what their occupation were prior to becoming preachers, they were fishermen. And any time that boat was, 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 uh, was anchored at the boat slip, they were to be at prayer meeting. Now everybody say hallelujah. Anyway. Peter and John are making their way up to the gate. They had gone in there many, many other times. They had no doubt seen this same man. I don't know whether there may have been times when they had a little change they could throw in there. I don't know. But they passed him many, many other days. On their way to the ninth ninth hour prayer meeting or 3 p.m. prayer meeting. But today was not going to be like those other days. Because something between now and the last time they walked in that gate, they were different men. They weren't the same guys that went in there before. Fishermen just struggling to survive. Now they were men full of the power and majesty and grace of Almighty God. And they were out to do business. And when they walked to the gate on this particular day, as this fellow sit there and he's doing his alms thing, and he's praying, alms please, alms please. The Bible says that Peter and John, for some reason today, Peter fastens his eyes on him. Now, there's significance to that because he didn't just glance at him and look away and go on. He didn't just look at him for a little bit and turn his head and start talking to John again. He said he fastened his eyes on him. And about that time, now the Bible don't say this, but I know being a preacher, I know what happened here. About that time, the Holy Spirit tapped Peter on the shoulder and said, Hey, take care of this right here. I'm telling you, there was electricity that filled the air that moment. And there he was. Peter walks up, looks at him. He looks at Peter. He was kind of ashamed to do, but he looks at Peter, and Peter looks back at him John looks at him, and Peter says to him, My friend, I don't, I don't have anything to put in your cup. But what I do have, I'll give to you. We need to quit being so stingy. Hello, everybody see me? We, we have been given the greatest thing this side of heaven and that's the power and authority according to the word of God to use his name Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk now he didn't just stop there Peter instantly reached down and took a hold of his hand with that cup in it and he pulled him up. Now, Here's what happened that was so amazing. From the time Peter said those words and latched on to his hand and raised him up, the tendons in his legs grew. The sockets in his joints came together. Now what happens if you don't use muscle, it does what they call it atrophy, is that the word I want? It just goes lifeless and shrivels up and literally dies. Peter reached down and grabbed him by the hand after saying those words and started to pull him up. And the Bible says that this man leaped. Peter didn't have to drag him down the street. Come on, I know you can do it. Come on, I know you can do it. I've seen that happen before too. I shouldn't have said that probably, but it's the truth. He leaped up, just like dynamite exploded under him. He'd come up off of that ground. I don't know what happened to the cup. It probably, who knows where it went. the same Holy Spirit that moved on Peter and brought that man whew, he'd never learn how to walk I wonder how that happened they tell me and I hope I never have to have this happen but they tell me that if you lose part of your great toe that's the big toe by the way or if you lose part of your foot you have to learn how to walk all over again. It's a balance thing. You have to teach your muscles what, what to do. Like I did when I first got on rollerblades. <laughs> well, that was a sight to behold. You think you'd like to see me dance. <laughs> <laughs> Down on the ground. Oh yeah, silver and gold have I none. I can't help you out monetarily, but what I do have. Friend, I may not be able to help you monetarily if you've got a financial issue. I probably can't help you much medically, but I can help you spiritually. I can introduce you to a Savior who will take your life and whatever state it might be in and make it a whole lot better. Oh, yes. With an instant, the lame man doesn't even have time to object. Oh, no, I lose that. No, he didn't. Just boom. And the power of God was unleashed on him and up off the ground he comes. In the time it takes to stand up, the man's tendons attach, his muscles grow, and his sockets realign. He, without the normal process of childhood, he does not know how to walk. And now he's running and he's leaping and he's praising God. Get out there. Hey, I couldn't do this before. I promise you he did. He'd get out there and he'd go. Told you you want to stay awake for this. He'd run a little bit, don't. You do, Whew. Peter Johnson. What's well, going into church? It's church time. Look, I'm gonna get in trouble. I know it. They go into church. There's folks gathered all around. They're praying. It's quiet. You know how you know, you know how we pray, we just very very diplomatic about it. You know, we down on our knees, oh heavenly father. And, whew, and all at once come bursting in the front door of the tabernacle. It's these three wild men. <laughs> Folks looking around, going, dear God, have mercy. <laughs> They're not supposed to do this in church. This lame man running. He's kicking this leg up. Hey, I kicked pretty high. Kicks that one up. Jumps around a little bit and goes, whoo! Watch what the Bible said he done. That Bible said he went into church running, leaping, dancing, praising God. I mean, he was having. They don't have to come and pick me up and carry me home tonight. Tomorrow I can go out job hunting. (laughs) I don't know what's come over me, folks. Yeah, I do too, but. I just want to know if you knew. No more of this, somebody else could have the cup. It's time we give the cup to somebody else. Hallelujah. I've said before, I'll I'll reiterate it, I'm about done, I won't be much longer. We've lived far below our spiritual means way, way too long. I'm not talking about, now please don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I know there's been a lot of demonstrative things take place over the years that were not of God. I'll be the first one to admit that and tell you that. I've seen folks do things in church that I'd just like to go on up to them and tell them to sit down and shut up. You're out of order. In fact, there's been times I have told folks they were out of order. Yeah, I have. But anyway. But I, we, we've all experienced those things and seen this, But let me tell you something. When the power of God moves in such a way, as many of you and I have experienced and seen as it did that day, Here's a man whose life was absolutely a disaster at best. He had nothing to live for, nothing to look forward to, nothing to hope for tomorrow for. In fact, his best hope was if I would just go to sleep tonight and never wake up. His life has now just been turned completely around and he has everything in the world to live for. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Shock waves of whisper and gasp and stare spread through the temple congregation that day. Whew. Some were going to go get the rabbi. Tell him he needs to quiet these fellows down. They're too—they're out of order. amazed onlookers crowded around as the healed man clings to the apostles like a baby animal clings to its mother. I don't know these guys. I don't know what they are. I don't know who they are. But all I do know is a while ago, I was lame, but now... As the questions rush through the minds of those in attendance, Peter could tell, obviously, who oh, they come rushing over there and wanting to know who caused this miracle. What, what does this mean? The thoughts were going through their head. People's thoughts immediately focused on Peter and John, but Peter, he quickly speaks up and he turns the spotlight from John and himself to Jesus Christ. Uh-oh, here we go. He turns the spotlight onto Jesus Christ. If you are blessed to experience a supernatural move of God in your life, through either by the anointing of oil as we do around here, or by the laying on of hands, or simply in the presence of God's people by some other means, turn the attention... To Jesus Christ. We, you, I, anyone, are nothing more than servants of almighty God. The only thing we have been given is the power of attorney to speak in his name under the authority and direction of his word. Amen? Ooh. So Peter turns a spotlight. He said, men of Israel, why do you marvel like this? I don't understand. What's, what's, what, what, why do you marvel? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or God in us we have made this man walk? Who oh, listen now. He said, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. He said, no, it's all, it's all Jesus done this, folks. Jesus done this. Jesus done this. Jesus is the one who performed this miracle. Peter claims none of the credit. Instead, he uses the opportunity to explain who Jesus is and the nature of true faith. Amen? He goes on to tell them that on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus Christ which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. Will you? What will it take to get you to dance in church? Hallelujah. Peter says there's a refreshing. There's a refreshing. There's a refreshing. Amen. He said, but the things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets and that Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. Which God has spoken by the mouth of all of his holy prophets since the world began. Oh, hallelujah. As you stand and the musicians make their way, as the once lame man clung to Peter and John, listening to the true gospel of Jesus Christ, what do you suppose he might have been thinking? Looking out on the crowd, did he not see the faces of so many who had walked past him day after day after day after day? No doubt he looked in the faces of those he envied from time to time, thinking, oh, I wish I could just get up and walk like they walk. And as he looked at those who he once envied because of their health and vitality, he no doubt looked at that day with pity. said, oh, if you only knew what I know. If you could only experience what I have experienced, what a difference it would make in your life. So I ask you, have you been living spiritually disadvantaged? If so, we have a cure. Have you felt purposeless and emotionally paralyzed? I have an answer. His name is Jesus. Do you need Christ's touch to invigorate your soul? From time to time, we just need we need a touch. We need a touch. If so, keep in mind these two principles. For a good inner spiritual health, periodic times of refreshing, we need that. And we need to live each day under the blessing of God, drawing moment by moment upon his power. So with that said today, will you allow his holy presence to change you right now? If you're here today and you need prayer, I invite you to come forward. We would just be thrilled and honored to pray for you, to pray with you to kneel with you at this altar if you've never accepted Jesus Christ please let me give me the opportunity to introduce you to him and his saving grace if you need healing silver and gold have I none but what I have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ be made whole shall we worship right now